Alright guys, I'm producer Ben and today we'll be picking up where Craig left off in yesterday's Manly Musings. So without further ado, here is Master Craig with part two of this week's Manly Musings. Hey, this is Craig Cottle, director of Nature Line School, co-host of the Survival Show podcast with part two covering the good, bad, and ugly of Blade Show 2019. Thanks for coming back. I hope you enjoyed part one. Basically, I've never taken the opportunity to basically do a uh, diary on the podcast, but basically it's my diary of what I experienced at Blade Show. And uh, what I want to discuss in this part two is the bad and the ugly, again, of what I experienced. There's, you know, overall, the experience was a good one. I don't want to say anything uh, other than that, I, I had a good time. I met a lot of people that I had not met before, and so I love doing that. I like talking to people. I really enjoy talking to people. Um, I don't like talking to people for extended periods of time, but I like chatting with people briefly. <laughs> so that said, um, had a good time. Weather was okay. Uh, one of the things that I mentioned in part one that I've discovered on day two, because part one is basically everything I did on Friday. And when I got back down there from the campground for uh, day two, I went down on Saturday morning, I discovered that the parking garage that I had parked in the day before was a private garage. They had put a sign up and it was a, it was a sheer miracle, I guess, that I had not gotten towed the day before. So very thankful for that. But there is a parking garage there that was open. It was like $5 to park in this garage. Uh, My friend, Chris Harper from Skills to Survive, Uh, I had met up with him on Friday. That was another person I really enjoyed meeting. Chris is a good guy. We've talked several times online, and uh, he puts a lot of good content out. And so it was good to hang out with him, and he had a couple of friends with him there. And he's from Georgia, so uh, it's not far of a drive for him at all. But, but yeah, uh, it was good to meet him. But one of the things he had told me on the day before is that if you don't get get there early on Saturday, you will not get a parking spot. And so I go to bed early. I get up early. I mean, I got up at like five o'clock and worked out at the campground. I had, I always take a kettlebell with me on my road trip. So there's so much you can do with a kettlebell. So got up early before daylight and threw the kettlebell around, swung it and picked it up a few times and put it back down, you know, picking heavy stuff up, putting it back down is always cool. And uh, then I took a shower at the bathhouse. It was clean. Nobody's up. I mean, there was nobody moving at this campground at 5, 6 in the morning, right? So <laughs> I had to place to myself, really. And uh, headed on down, was going to get down there. And I didn't even look. Uh, I had assumed that everything was going to open at 8, and it did for the vendors. <laughs> but I'm not a vendor, so I wasn't able to get in until 9 o'clock. And so... Um, the line was building, it was huge. It was huge. So I found a seat cause I'm not in a big rush to buy anything. Um, uh, I found a seat next to this guy and we struck up a conversation and then hit about three of his friends came over and we all got to talking and then they ended up talking about, um, it was, this was probably the funniest thing. Uh, this is another one of the good things it, although it was very funny, they got to talking about listening to our podcast, the one you're listening to right now, and talking about me. And I let them 
talk. And they, don't get me wrong, they were saying really nice things, but they had, they had come in from a far piece away and uh, and uh, had been listening to podcasts on the way in. They listened to the Survival Show podcast, and so they were talking about me and they were talking about David and. And, uh, it was really funny. Uh, and it was good because they were saying positive things. And then I told them who I was and it was, <laughs> I mean, it was, it was really funny because they had bought my books and, and, uh, that kind of stuff as well. So it was really nice meeting those guys. And so there was a, that was another thing that was good is that, uh, I had a lot of people come up to me and want to take photos because they had seen videos on our social media, YouTube and Facebook and Instagram and stuff like that. And that was, that was humbling. I'll, I'll be frank with you. That, that kind of stuff really humbles me that, uh, uh, I try to do what I can to put out good content for people to learn and get enriched as best you can. But, uh, it's nice when people come back and come up to you and say they really appreciate it. So that was nice. And, and I was very pleased that, that it was like that. Um, so, yeah, uh, that's a, a little bit more of the good things that happened. I was very pleased for that. But let's let's get into some of this the bad things that I don't know. These are putting labels on them, my labels, obviously, and they might not be bad for you. But uh, it's just, these are my opinions, just to give you an idea. The big thing that I thought was uh, going on at Blade Show was just rampant, celebrated consumerism. And I think everybody knows that going there. And so it's not a problem, I suppose. It's just a problem for me because I'm not a big consumerist. And that, uh, I, again, I don't feel like I have the need to buy and pick up and cuddle and, and caress the latest knife that comes out. Now, I do appreciate good craftsmen. And so there were some fantastic craftsmen at this at this show. And so I liked looking at their blades and I like looking at the other equipment, but the celebrated consumerism where people just celebrate the fact that they're going to spend more money on more blades that they're probably just going to put oil on and store away. I mean, if you're doing that as an investment and you're going to sell them later on as investment or pass them down to your family, that's one thing. But if you're just buying just because you want to have a collection just for the sake of having a collection, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not a fan of that idea, but that to give you an idea... I uh, ended up chatting with Jamie Burley. Jamie uh, works for the Pathfinder School, works for Self-Reliance Outfitters. And I don't know exactly what his role there is now. I know he used to teach a lot of classes. I think he primarily works in the store. I didn't really ask him. But um, but anyway, I was chatting with him. And uh, he told me this story about this guy that comes in. It's It's kind of a big thing. This guy comes in. He's not really well known, but he's got a briefcase attached to him that's handcuffed to him. He's got four knives in it from an overseas maker. I don't know exactly where the maker was or who it was. And he goes out, sits out at a table. He opens up the briefcase and people are already in line waiting to buy these four knives. And the first guy in line bought all four of them. And all four of them, meaning he gave the guy another briefcase full of money or some variation of it. I can't remember exactly how it all went down, but, but, uh, the maker who's overseas makes his whole living off those four knives and those four knives, every single piece of them are handmade and all the way down to the screw, the threads on the screw and what have you. And so, you know, that's cool, but I'll be honest with you. I just, I just don't get it. I, I don't get that kind of mindset. I mean, if you're just like it for the craftsmanship, yeah, I get it. 
I really do get that. I mean, I can appreciate a good craftsman, whether it's Tracy making bowls. I've watched, uh, I've been over at Tracy's shop when he's made making bowls and stuff of that nature and showing me how to do it. And, and it fascinates me. And, you know, I've got some uncles that work at Fort Boonesboro and they handcraft stuff. And I love watching them do scrimshaw and building rifles and stuff of that nature. And it fascinates me. But, you know, machined parts and screws and all that stuff and handmade and you're spending, you know, $50,000 on a knife or some variation of it. I, I really don't get that. That's just not for me. But um, um, that was an interesting story that came from from Saturday. Uh, I ran into Doug Meyer again and we were just standing there chatting, talking about what did we experienced. Because again, I think it was Doug's first show and we were standing by a booth and we looked at the knives on the booth and there wasn't a knife laying on the table that I would I would use as a doorstop I mean they were really polished really pretty but they had these and they're almost I think the best term for them is fantasy blades but they had all these huge sweeping movements on uh, parts on them and hand guards and handles and the blade was just it was going to be impossible to sharpen and on and on and on and I just don't get fantasy blades. Uh, as I looked around, I just don't see the, I mean, for me, a tool, I, I like craftsmanship, but a tool's got to be something you can use. And I've done leather work and I've built knives for people. Uh, I've, you know, built knife sheaths and knives and hunting pouches and belt pouches and all this stuff that I, I used to do quite a bit of. And I tell people, you take that and you use it until it falls apart. And if you want me to uh, sew it back up again, send it to me. I'll sew it back up again. I mean, I, I, I guess I, I don't know if I'm different than most, but I, I just want people to use my gear. I know LT has said that to me about the knives that he's building. He wants people to use them there. He might make a knife every now and then as a collector's item for somebody uh, as a display or something of that nature. But for the most part, most part LT's knives are made to use. And that's another reason that I sought him out to build the knife I'm designing is to, you know, make hard use tools. And that's what I like. So, well, that's it. Uh, Doug and I chatted about that. And then we went and got some uh, lunch. And the lunch is there if you haven't been. Typical concession stand, you can get some pulled pork or you can get a hot dog or maybe one station had a some of the, I know there was a Chick-fil-A booth that was out in the main lobby where you could get Chick-fil-A just at lunchtime. And so these are options that you have. Typical concession stand food. It wasn't too bad. Doug and I got some, uh, a pulled pork sandwich and a soft drink. But um, it was weird. I didn't see any water available. I asked for water and the guy said they didn't sell water. <laughs> so that was weird. Very weird. Um, but, uh, after that, I went walking around, ran into the Katana booth. You know, you typically when you go to these gun shows or you go to to uh, knife shows or what have you, you're going to have uh, two or three or multiple booths of Japanese swords because Japanese were fantastic at building swords. But more often than not, these people that have swords don't have a hill of beans understanding of what a sword is about, and for those that don't know my background, I, I trained in and taught Japanese Budo for over 20 years. And uh, I have a, a black belt degree. It's first degree. It's 
it's kind of an interesting way that they do ranking in Eido. But I have ranking in Eido, Japanese swordsmanship, like legit Japanese swordsmanship. And so um, that is one of those things that uh, kind of unnerves me because you see these guys selling katanas. And I don't know who's buying katanas except people that are cutting water bottles on YouTube. I don't know who would buy them at a gun show. I've never understood that. Um, but uh, but there were some decent katana there, Iaito, um, and both of them. So it's, uh, it's one of those things that if that sort of thing interests you, I just I don't get it. Uh, I think it's one of the bad things about that. Uh, the other thing that was really bad on Saturday was the line into the place. Oh, my goodness. I bet it was going to take an, over an hour for people just to get through the line. So, again, if you're interested in going next year, then get your t tickets before the show. Make sure you get them early. And the section where you pick up your will call tickets, where you pick up the tickets that you purchased ahead of time, uh, you basically get that badge. People were going through that line in about five minutes, literally five minutes. And so the signage wasn't good. There were people in line that had tickets that were at Will Call, and they didn't even know Will Call was there. And so that aspect of Blade, the signage was terrible. In my mind, the signage was terrible. The signage is great for people that are familiar. Me going next year, I won't have any trouble at all. But for those that are new, uh, which is one of the reasons I want to do these podcasts, then the signage sucks. So either find somebody that you can go with that will help and guide you and, and save you some time, or you'll be wandering around like I was, not knowing really where you're going. Uh, the parking, again, the second day was pretty easy. Uh, I, that Because I got there early, thanks, Chris. <laughs> Chris said I had to get there early. I wasn't getting a parking spot. I got a parking spot right next to the door leading into the place. Uh, because uh, Chris, who didn't show up on Saturday, if Chris, if you're listening, I'm just aggravating you, but uh, Chris Harper from Skills to Survive, um, plenty of parking, not a problem if you get there early. Just be aware you won't be able to get in until 9 o'clock, and so you'll sit there and wait for a while, and then you'll be able to get in quite a while, quite a while. Um, when the line started at 9, at 9.05, the line was completely clear. And I had basically sat off to the sideline, just not getting in line, and and uh, was able to walk right in about ten minutes after the doors opened. So the reason that people jump in there so quickly, and the reason so many people showed up early on Friday, I had heard, and Jamie Burley's the one that told me this too. Um, he mentioned that, uh, and I can't remember the knife maker that he said it was. But somebody sold out all of their knives in 15 minutes of the doors opening on Friday. I talked to Wander Tactical, uh, Alex Wander, and uh, I were in a class together down in Virginia a few years ago. And uh, so I keep up with Alex and what he's doing with his blades. Uh, he, he said Blade Show was really good for them this year. Uh, they were the only two that I heard anything about how it was going. It looked like a lot of people were buying, you know, so... There again, hashtag make, a great, make America great again. A lot of uh, economy's good, and you can disagree with me if you want, but you know when you're seeing houses being built all the way down from Kentucky to Georgia, there were huge construction projects on housing that had basically been shut down for years. And you see all these people at a show like this, and everybody's carrying backpacks full of stuff that they bought. You know that's that's an economy. You know, you can look at the numbers. Yeah, I can look at the numbers, too, and tell you it's a good economy. But 
looking at that, you can tell people's got a lot of people have a lot of disposable income and they're putting it into knives and stuff of that nature. Um, traffic was not that bad at all. I mean, I thought uh, I was going to have a lot of problem. You know, it's Atlanta, Georgia, but it's not down in deep uh, downtown Atlanta, Georgia. It's just as you're getting into Atlanta proper. And so uh, the traffic I didn't find to be problematic at all. I mean, it's it was a lot better than anything I experienced in Lexington, Kentucky, for example. I mean, it was not problematic at all. I was really, really uh, pleased with my experience with that. Plenty of lanes open. Uh, there was a couple of stoppages that, you know, held me up five minutes. I mean, come on. I'd listen, I was listening to a different podcast on the way down, which I think I'm going to do a podcast on the podcast I listened to while I was in the truck because I found some good ones that you all might like as well besides this one. But, yeah, traffic was okay. And so uh, no issues there at all. So that's some of the things that I would say were bad. You know, in part one, I covered the good. In this one, I've taken a look at some of the bad. Now I want to discuss some of the stuff that I thought was downright ugly. Um, first off is uh, <laughs> trying to figure out the best way to say this kindly. But if whatever it is that you're selling at Blade Show requires you to use... Uh, girls in mini skirts and their cleavage to sell it then your product sucks let me just tell you if you if your product doesn't speak for itself then you should adjust what it is that you're doing i mean i everybody knows that sex sells i get that i know it's part of the marketing culture that we've become accustomed to but there was a booth there that had a you know a six foot five girl high i mean high heel she was probably six eight in the heels, mini skirt that barely covered up her panties, halter top, little short type with her with her uh, breast halfway hanging out, selling some stupid knife. I mean, it was stupid, and I thought, you know, that that's so telling. And people were eating it up. Dudes were eating it up, and that's just a that's a that's pathetic. I'm just telling you, that's pathetic. Uh, I saw that on two or three booths that disappointed me. There was another place that was selling some. I don't. I, I don't even want to say what it is because everybody will figure it out. But but a girl had painted on jeans, a halter top. You know, she was flirting with every man that came by and selling the product that she was selling. And and I thought, man, that's pitiful. Again, I think that's pathetic. That just tells me your your product sucks. It it is not good enough to sell. So on its own merit. And so that that's just one way of looking at it. Uh, the other thing was there were a lot of people that were, I don't know, TV celebrity types. And they had a good following and people were taking pictures with a lot of TV celebrities. And, and sometimes I look at it and think if I'm just being a, pathetic myself. And I, I, it's just unfortunate in my mind how quick people are to to want to be with celebrity types when uh, just because they're on a TV show and I'm not knocking, there's some guys with some fantastic skill that are on TV, but there's a lot of more people out there that have never been on TV that have more or better skill. And so uh, I think there needs to be an opportunity for assessment. So you can see, Hey, this is what, you know, these people have skill and, these people are on TV. Let's take some pictures. And, and people want to just increase their own self-esteem by taking a picture with somebody that is more important than them, 
somebody that is a celebrity type. And so, wow, as I'm sitting here doing this, a Scarlet Tanager has come and landed on my computer. What's up there, guy? That's pretty fantastic. You're gorgeous. And as I'm sitting here looking now, there is a wild turkey about 20 yards in front of me just bugging in the field. Man, I love coming to the woods to do these podcasts. That tanager, I think the tanager, she's landed on this table, or he's landed on this table twice. I sit basically on the porch of the cabin and do these podcasts. Sorry for the distraction. I'm, I just got distracted, so I'm going to share it with you, what I'm seeing here. Um, I've got some stickers on the back of my computer where I record this, and one of them is brightly colored, and I think that tanager is coming in to check that out. And I know I've had a hummingbird come and land on this computer twice now, too. And so I think they're thinking this is just some sort of brightly colored something. But got this wild turkey that's in front of me walking through uh, some taller fescue and shaking about every two feet and bugging. If you don't know what bugging is, wild turkeys will go through areas like this and they'll pick up the bugs that they see. As uh, I've watched her do this the last three days while I've been out here riding, and uh, she comes into this field and goes to the sunny spots every time and that's where she bugs is wherever the sunny spots are she stays uh, away from the shadows i guess the bugs are drawn to those sunny spots for some reason it's interesting but anyway back to uh back to the ugly side of blade show um yeah tv celebrities man some of them have such fantastic skill i've been really impressed with some of these uh guys and what they've accomplished on these shows but i've always been disappointed that people want to want to just be with those people for the sake of being with them and as if their skill set the people that are on tv somehow translates to them because um because they hang out with them what i would really like for people to come to an understanding of is that you know you watch this guy or gal that's your favorite on TV and use what it is that they do on TV to encourage you and inspire you to go out and attempt it yourself because the people that you're seeing on TV, they didn't get good because they sat around watching TV. They got good because they're outside doing stuff. And so it's just unfortunate uh, and part of, part of these shows and stuff of that nature. Again, I'm not knocking those people for doing what they do at all. I just want the people that are uh, looking up to them to be inspired to do more outside rather than just, hey, I want to buy the knife that you carry. What is it that you carry kind of thing? And so I've tried real hard to avoid that even with this new knife design that I'm uh, designing with LT and them. You know, I don't want people to get the Craig Cottle knife because it's the Craig Cottle knife. I want people, I'm going to make several videos on how to use this knife. And so people can get out and practice with it and, and, uh, learn how to use a knife and, and get things done properly in the woods. So that's it. That's part two of my experiences at blade show. So I hope you found it interesting. Please look at us on anchor. There's an opportunity there for you to send us a voice message. If you had heard anything in this podcast that you have a question about, then shoot us a voice message. I'll get it and uh, we'll, I'll answer it to you directly as best I can, or we'll put it up on a podcast in the future. So as always, keep it simple, be positive and stay sharp. Mm -hmm.